welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all-new, all-electric ID.4 SUV is here, and it's for everyone. And it listens. All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold. And the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com ID4. This is part two of a two-part interview with Sam Spaforth, a head of Drive Electric USA and CEO of Clean Fuels Ohio. I'm Zachary Shahan, CEO of Clean Technica. Regarding the sales, I know somebody who has close friends working at a you know, very fairly high level at a few, a few automakers in the U.S. Uh, on the, their EV initiatives. And my understanding is there is at some companies, not all, <laughs> there's a strong push to say, let's become a leader in this. And I, my understanding is one of their biggest challenges is how do they change the culture of their own uh, buyers, their own, you know, tar- consumer tar- target consumers. How do they basically get people who are happy to stick with their brand and not so adventurous and, uh, you know, cutting edge to go looking at, at a Tesla or Rivian or Lucid, who just want their, you know, their their bread and butter brand? How do they? How do you get them to change into EVs quickly? So, do you have any insights or thoughts on how? these automakers and their marketing teams and their uh, dealers can, you know, a few top, top uh, pointers. You know, I, I'm not, um, I'm not a marketing expert, never have been. Uh, so I, I don't, I guess I'm a little bit reluctant to tell them, you know, how they should do their job, but I guess I'd start with, you know, we saw, I think in the Super Bowl more EV ads in this, last Super Bowl than we had ever seen in any other Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen EV ads, we see, we saw more of them. And I think generally they were pretty strong efforts. We, we, we just, we need to see, you know, more thoughtful and effective approaches to, to mass marketing. And I, I think they can figure it out. They just have to commit to, to doing the kind of mass marketing that, that we all know that, that they need to do, you know, EVs are, EVs are very cool vehicle. I mean, they're, they're great vehicles. I think problem is that a lot of people just don't, don't know about them, don't understand. You know, they just seem very mysterious. Like, is this a golf cart? How do you plug it in? You know, we need to see that, that, you know, that mass marketing approach from the manufacturers. And I think we will, I think we will see that increasingly. We also need to see, I mean, the things that we're trying to do just to get back to the Drive Electric Ohio program is we are trying to take a very much of a grassroots approach. So you sort of have this top-down mass marketing. And the approach that we're trying to take is this grassroots approach, which is based upon, you know, people in the community who already own EVs, you know, people who already drive them, they understand them. They're very excited and enthused about them. And so then to put those people together with the kind of, as we say, the EV curious, those ones that I've heard they don't, don't really know, but they're kind of interested, put people together and then there can be a lot of influence and impact that way. But those programs like ours, they need to, they, they need investment. You know, we need to see 
you know, utility regulators allowing utilities or encouraging utilities to invest in that kind of grassroots consumer education, as well as other things that utilities are, are doing. You know, we need to see, you know, efforts linking up with, 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 with auto dealers and internet sales platforms and things like that to, you know, kind of combine that, again, that grassroots approach to marketing with that mass market approach to it. I never know how much the ads I see are because of what I do, how, how hyper-targeted they are, you know, because I, I see a ton of Volkswagen ID4 ads. I've seen probably more Volvo EV ads than all other EV ads combined. So I don't know how much that's hyper-targeted versus broad mass market campaigns, but I did, I well, find the it- hyper-targeted is a good point. I mean, you know, you're talking about social ads and that's a very good point that the, marketing, it's not just mass marketing, but I, I guess by mass, I meant just like stuff that just, you know, marketing just gets out there a lot, but the, but the marketing, you know, what's going, what the kind of messaging and the kind of vehicles that are going to appeal to some consumers are different than others. And so it has to be also a targeted. Approach. Yeah. And I didn't mean right. a critique. I just meant that I'm always curious, like how many people are seeing this, this ad? Is it like, you know, a tiny percentage of uh, who have clicked <laughs> something or is it, is this going out pretty broadly? Um, but you know, I think back to the, you know, I thought I would never have a cell phone when I was in, even in college, in college, I was like, I don't, what, I don't need one. Why would I get one? You know? So I, I was not like an early adopter on other technologies. I know there was often just like one or two things that would be the clincher that would make you would say, Oh, now it's time to, to go ahead and join the crowd. And I, I'm curious what those are for different EV buyers and different EV stages. But I do find it interesting that Volvo's approach was to run nonstop this commercial of just plugging in the car with like an Apple-like cord and just showing people. And I, I would bet a lot of money that most people do not realize you can charge an EV with a normal cord. I would bet a lot of yeah. money that they think you need a special charging station and, and plug in all that. So I thought that was an interesting approach to say, look how easy it is. And it was just a simple, clean ad. Look how easy it is. You plug in and tried to convey how something that's very hard to convey, which is how convenient an EV is. And I, I've always, I've thought for years that there's a, there's a, there's a reverse perception that EVs are less convenient because of the slower, you know, obviously the slower charging time when actually they're more convenient. So I, this has been one of my focuses for a long time is trying to convey that. And I think Volvo tried to do that, but it's very hard to do it. I don't know if you've had any thought much about that or how how you've tried to convey that benefit to people. Yeah, it's like you're, you know, you're right. It is it is so important to be able to, com- to convey that benefit. I mean, I guess I'll, a couple of different comments. One, the fact that you can charge an EV at home is is both, it's a great strength. It's a great aspect of the value proposition for, 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 for EVs, but it's also completely out of people's experience. You know, you think about putting gas, you know, like having a source of gasoline in your garage and constantly being able to top off. That's crazy. I mean, you know, that's just not part of the experience, but it's, it's important for people to uh, you, you know, have that just that 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 basic education about hey, you know, you can just you never have to go to the gas station. You can top this off at home. You know, you might occasionally, if you're on a trip or something, you're going to have to stop and and, and and charge it. But it's extremely convenient and easy. But it's but that's not people's experience. So you have to break that down. 
And, uh, and I think related to that, you know, people's experience with charging is that your phone can suddenly die. Your computers can suddenly die. Like you can jump from 20% to zero quickly. Right. And so I think people are get, get concerned about that. I have a friend who's had a, a model X long range for, um, a long time. And they, uh, I think, uh, I think two years about, and they never let it get below a hundred miles, uh, of range on the, on the <laughs> guess a meter. They, they don't, they don't really let it go get, uh, anywhere close, you know, like ever, like not ever. And I think it, I would assume it comes partly from this, you know, understanding of how other technologies work and this fear of all of a sudden it could go to zero. And I think there's, there's those kind of little things that, yeah, like you said, you have, it's very difficult to, to change a general conception about something, about a, you know, a vehicle or technology. And I've long, I've, I've for years said, I think the number one barrier, I mean, maybe battery capacity or production capacity, but in general, I think the number one barrier to faster EV adoption is lack of awareness. And so I think it's about trying to find new ways to, so I guess just keep going on that. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all new, all electric ID4 SUV is here and it's for everyone. And it listens, all you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, hello ID, I'm cold, and the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com slash ID4. You know, you've worked on a local level with a lot of people. What have you sort of found as some of the, the most interesting or surprising ways you've, you've learned to communicate some of these benefits? Or does it often just has to come down to butts and seats and uh, people having a car? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, the butts and seats is, a, is really important. I mean, and that's where we, you know, our grassroots program is all about, you know, connecting uh, enthusiastic existing owners, you know, existing owners of electric vehicles with those that are curious and interested, but just don't, don't have information or have a lot of, a lot of myths and misconceptions about them. So those making those connections, getting people into the vehicles is very important. I think one of the reasons why that makes such an impact is that, and I think this also gets to some of the, you know, our earlier conversation about about model growth and increasing availability and, and kind of how the market is evolving, you know, people have to see themselves in, you know, in the, in the vehicle, it, it, people need to have choices and models that, that they want to buy. And those choices and models need to be at the right price points for people. And, and up till now, and this is, this is really what's exciting now, because it's really, you know, beginning to change we just really haven't had a lot of that choice. You know, we haven't had an electric pickup. We haven't had a, you know, a full-size SUV, you know, because the technology in terms of the battery development just hasn't afforded that opportunity. But, but now that, that is really going to happen. And so we hope to be able to, I think that diversification, that very fast and broad diversification of model availability is is also really going to help this because then people will be able to get their butts in the seats and then really see themselves as owning, you know, a vehicle. like, yeah, this fits. I can see myself owning this vehicle because this is the kind of a vehicle that I want to own. And then I think that then the, the, the next thing that has to also happen is that, you know, EVs are generally more expensive now, but that initial price point 
on a new vehicle is really, you know, we're going to see that, that point where it, it crosses over and certainly from a total cost of ownership standpoint. So yeah, so if you can finance your vehicle and you can see how the, the, the financing payment, as well as the, like the fact that you're going to save money on, on fuel and so forth, you know, you're going to be able to make that business case, but where we're not at yet is on the used vehicle market. We're seeing used vehicles, but they're older generation EVs. They're, they don't have the range and there's not very much variety in terms, but that's going to, again, the market will evolve. We will see the, the maturation of the, of the market for used EVs over time. And that's, and, and that's frankly, that's how the vast majority of people, when they buy a car, they buy a used vehicle, not a new one. So we need to see that that evolution of the, of the used market also. Yeah. That's an interesting topic. I, I something interesting about that too, is I discovered being other places. Like I presented at a conference in Curacao, uh, the near ABC islands, just North of South America, not that long ago. And they had quite a few EVs there and they were all being imported of course uh, a lot of them used evs from from california and shipped from miami as well often from california but through miami and i and you know the same case in africa a lot of places where a lot of the used evs are getting shipped somewhere else they're getting sold at auction and shipped somewhere else which you know it's good but on the other hand the 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 US used EV market is not as great because of that which i find interesting but it's still very you know compelling yeah, but but basically, as we get these newer models trickling into that market, it'll be it'll be a much more exciting used EV market. Just I guess to close, I'm curious your thought on some of your favorite coming EVs. I I'll just mention briefly. I I love, I I really love the Mustang Mach E because I think it's a great vehicle, but also because Ford put the Mustang name on it and just said we are behind this. We are we are supporting EVs. We're going even electric on our Mustang. I love the ID4 Volkswagen ID4 because it brings the cost down. It's it's a it doesn't start at the high end as much like the like the Mustang Mach-E, the Rivian. So you have a you're getting towards these mass market prices. But I'm curious, what's your what's your what models, what new models and coming models in the next few years have you the most excited right now? What what really gets you sitting up? Yeah, I mean, I think the ones that you mentioned. I mean, I th- I think you can't help but be excited about you know about the about the uh, about the Mustang Mach E. Uh, it's a it's a it, it's an iconic you know brand and brand and model. I mean, I'm I'm excited also. I guess you know, kind of turning to the 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 heavier side, you know, vehicle side. You know, we have a um, a, a, a company. I'm sure you're aware in Ohio called Lordstown Motors, and they are getting very, very close to going to market with their uh, endurance pickup. And it's it's priced at a very attractive point. It's got a 250 mile range. It's not as as high of a range as 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 others. And of course I'm also very excited about the you know about the Rivian offering. It's it's more expensive, but it's 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 very exciting, you know, a cons, uh, a consumer vehicle. But I mean I think with these with these larger vehicles and then based on the work we do i mean the the medium duty space the the commercial space is is increasingly exciting and i i think it's again not that not that the average consumer is going to go out and buy a, a 
you know, a utility van or a delivery vehicle or a, or a, a class A terminal tractor. But I think it's, it's bears mentioning, you know, in a show like this, that there's a lot of exciting developments going on in terms of that commercial space, which is really important because there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of needs to, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions there in terms of commercial vehicles of, um, of all size. And so, yeah, you know, you know, very exciting about the model, you know, excited about the models that you mentioned. I think, um, you know, it's going to be also great to see Honda moving into the space. Finally, you know, they're, they're now, they've now made an announcement that they're, they're going to move into the um, 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 electrification space. Uh, it's not going to be until 2024, but we're looking forward to that. Honda is another one that you, uh, you know, that you didn't mention, but I think they're, you know, their EVs, which they have not been selling in all states, but I think they're going to be starting to, starting to do that uh, shortly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And we've seen Mary, Mary Barra has had recently a silhouette of a seemingly an electric pickup behind her, like on, on CNBC or something recently. And it's been mm-hmm. uh, some popping up some places. Any thoughts on what that is? And if that's, you know. No thoughts on what it is, but I, you know, I'd have to think it would be, you know, it'd have to be a, a an EV version of a, of a, a the GMC Sierra or something along those lines, you know, uh, you know, they've got some iconic pickup brands and we all know how important the, the pickup market is. Uh, I think that's going to be the big, I mean, probably will be a lot of the buzz over the next couple of years in this market. There'll be a lot of different things that will create buzz, but those, those entrants into that market, you know, uh, you've got your, 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 your uh, legacy OEMs, like, like Ford, which will, you know, the, the 150 at Chevy, the GMC, at, um, et cetera. And then you've got your, your new, you know, your Tesla pickup. I mentioned Lordstown, you know, Rivian. So how's all that going to work itself out? It's going to be very interesting to, to see is that, is that model type, the, the, uh, the pickup really hits, hits the U.S. market. Yeah, I'm really fascinated about that market because I think it's one of the harder ones to predict. It's so cultural. Uh, there's there's already you know cultural rivalries between Ford and GM and stuff, but then you've got this odd Cybertruck, the Rivian, which is a, a sort of very different. So it's it's I'm really curious to see how this plays out and how hard Ford and GM try to compete and try to t- you know to be leaders in that because I think everyone sees this is the future. And so I don't think they want to risk losing a leadership position in their key market. So I'm, I think they're going to be serious, but I'm also, you know, it's, it's we don't know yet how serious you, so it'll be. We, we don't know. And I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it is going to be interesting because they still have to, I mean, that's the biggest profit center that they have or selling the pickup trucks, the, the, the legacy technology pickup trucks. I, I just think they're going to have to be, serious you know and i think they will be and and how it all you know but how it all plays out i mean i think again it's going to be a whole different approach to marketing because it's it's a different market right but i mean i think again i think evs are well positioned to compete you know yes you don't get the like the the roar of the internal combustion engine and so forth and so on i mean a lot of people have the visceral you know reaction to that but you know these these vehicles are going to be able to perform extremely well. You know they're going to outperform uh, ultimately their internal combustion counterparts. And then once the battery, 
the, the, the battery technology is able to provide the 400 plus mile ranges that, that people want to have. I mean, they're just going to be, it's, it's going to be like anything else. They're, they're superior products. And I think that superiority will, will, you know, win out. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. Just uh, guess any final thoughts on the US EV market or Drive Electric USA? Any final words you want to give? Or are you ready for your coffee break? Have I beat you to, to the pulp here? <laughs> no, absolutely. It's been a it's been a real pleasure, Zach, talking with you. And and again, thanks for your involvement with the Drive Electric USA. Yeah, we're really excited about about this project and how it can help a lot of states really leverage up their activities to overcome these market barriers that we've been talking about and excited to hopefully see it, you know, uh, expand in the, in, um, in the future uh, with help of you and others. Thank you. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it, but I, my, I think my, my hope with it is in three years, drive electric USA will be on people's, minds and tongues like tesla is today like i i would like to see that happen I'll do do my best to contribute but obviously uh it's going to require effort of a lot of people so thank you for being a co-lead on that and roping me into it a bit and appreciate all the work you've done and the insight you provided today thank you great well this uh thanks for the opportunity it's great talking cheers all right have a good day Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,